Hey Ruben! Sup dog. <laughs> I'm just not that into games. Why are you telling me, mate? Because I think we, we should do a podcast about it. Okay. Yeah, I could help out with that. I don't like soccer. Let's do a podcast about that as well. Hello and welcome to another episode of I'm Just Not Into Games. I'm your host and producer, Ruben Aptrude. And today, Andy and Sam are going to be discussing a game that Sam has recently been working on and just released called Flick Heroes. Today's going to be a little different. Normally, Andrew would be discussing a game that he's just played. But today, Andrew's going to be asking Sam questions about how he designed the game. Thanks for that wonderful intro, Ruben. Yeah, so as Ruben's explained, I'm going to be asking Sam about Flick Heroes. So f- firstly, it probably goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. Congrats, Sam. Well Thanks, done man. on releasing a game. It's been a, it's been a rough road. <laughs> well, and I'm really, really interested because I've played a fair bit of this game, as you know, in beta. Mm-hmm. And um, I've played it now. It's just been released. Um, I'm really interested in some of the things you've done here. And, you know, I'm just not that into games. So I don't understand much about the design of the game. And now I get a chance to ask all these questions that I have of someone who's actually designed the game. It's exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what you've uh, what you've got to ask me. <laughs> well, you've already seen what I've got to ask well, you. Oh, yeah, no, but, but I, 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 it's going to be a fun discussion. Excellent. Well, let's crack on then. All right. So, first of all, I'm going to try and explain what I think the game is, mm-hmm. and then you can fix it up for me. All righty. So, it's a four-hero... Wrong. <laughs> I'm just going to continue. <laughs> now, now, Sam. <laughs> One must learn to be... Patient. Patient. I'm just, I'm just making jokes because I'm insecure. Move on. <laughs> okay. It's a four-hero, top-down, turn-based dungeon crawler with all the leveling up special abilities and gear to equip that comes with that. Mm-hmm. However, yep. it's got a flicking twist. So what I mean by this is the characters and the enemies and the heroes all slide around the screen like pucks on an air hockey table or balls mm-hmm. on a pool table. That means that although you have positional strategy, you don't have the grind of moving a certain number of squares each turn. Instead, the positional strategy is like pool, where each flick of a character results in a number of reactions. Now, is that fair? Have I got that right? That's, that's pretty accurate. The goal of the game is to make a role-playing game experience for mobile, a free-to-play game that's got all of the stuff that people like about RPGs, but removes the sort of grindy, slow combat that often is associated with them, and also remove a lot of the whole heavy decisions being made, and, and make it more of a, a light-hearted, fun affair that you can sort of play around your regular life. So, you just said something that I probably would like you to explain a bit more. Go for it. You said there's a lot of heavy stuff around RPGs. Can you explain what some of that heavy stuff you've removed is? Right. So a lot of RPGs focus around, uh, you've got, say, a set party of characters, and each of them have different abilities, and each of them will go in different turn orders, and and you have to sort of work out, how am I going to use this ability to combine with that ability to attack that, and working out how to level up all those characters. And it's a lot of decisions. And... Like, that's the core part of an RPG is to have a lot of decisions and to make those decisions interesting and relevant. But for a mobile game experience, uh, we figured we could strip out a lot of that heaviness, but still leave the good, interesting decisions. And by streamlining that gameplay and that that core RPG experience, we can make it that it's a more accessible version of an RPG for the mobile audience. I definitely felt that, like, when I was playing the game. You're right, it does feel very much like a mobile game in terms of, like, I'm in games and I'm out of games quickly. (laughs) And I'll get to I'll get to some some of the stuff about the strategy mm-hmm. uh, just a bit later because there is something interesting happening there that I sort of saw, but 
I want you to explain more to me because it really yep. interested me about how that was happening. But firstly, flicking. Why yep. did you decide on this for a mechanic instead of moves or just like no, no moves at all, just attacks? So I guess you, you always kind of need something in your game that makes it more like novel or something to stand out. And especially in the mobile industry, right? Like you look at all the mobile games that exist out there and most of them have some kind of mechanic in it that makes it stand out. And we wanted to make a game on mobile that could only be made on mobile, right? Like we could, you couldn't make Flick Heroes into a PC game. It just wouldn't work because we've decided to make it more about utilizing the, the, the space and, and, the, and the device itself as part of the game. And flicking is, an, is a natural action. We've seen that in many other mobile games, like say Fruit Ninja, for instance. That, that flicking action can, can feel pretty fun. An inspiration was also Pokemon Go, which has the flicking Pokeballs at, at people as the core thing of the game. So we thought, okay, well, let's, let's really drill into that flicking action and make that feel fun and fantastic and then put layers of extra game on top. The, the very first prototype of the game was just basically a couple of pucks that you could flick around and numbers would fly up and, and deal damage. It's just like the core expression of that game. And we said, can we make that fun? And we tweaked it and we made it fun. And then we keep adding layers of stuff to make that progress and longer. But at the core of the game, the simplest action, which is flicking and, 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 and hurling your dudes at someone else, we try to make that as fun as possible so that everything else on top of that is just icing on a cake rather than icing on top of nothing, basically. Did you consider any other mechanics that were unique to touchscreens? We actually focused on the action first. So we actually took inspiration from a couple of board games that were uh, flick-inspired, like um, Catacombs and Flick'em Up. And these are like really simple games. They're just around flicking bits of wood around, around a table, which... I mean, they were, they were very popular games. They're quite fun. They're quite easy. And we thought, well, these games do something interesting over here in the board game space, and there's not really much of an analogy on, on mobile. There's a couple of games out there that have a flick-based RPG, but a lot of them use more of a slingshot pullback kind of mechanism as well. And we felt like that was just a bit uninteresting in terms of the fact that you've got this flicking, this, this fast-paced action mechanic, whereas a slingshot mechanic where you pull back instead of flick forwards... Is, is more of like a careful aim and fire kind of mechanic. We wanted it to be a, you just get in there, get straight to the point, flick, flick, flick. What I'm hearing from you is, and I, I sort of feel, I feel what you're saying with the pullback. Like when you say pullback, it reminds me of pinball. And pinball's yeah. more, a, I do one out, I do the same action all the time and just I sort of let, let the ball fall where it falls. Well, yeah, you think about that. Like with, with pinball, you have the pullback to start the game, but inside the game, it's all quick, 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 fast fast response actions. So when we saw that there were other RPGs in there that had a pullback slingshot mechanic, we thought that's a cool mechanic, but it's not expressing what that game could be. And that game could be something that's fast paced and, and flicking and fun, which is why we went with Flick Heroes and, and making it more quicker and, and faster and making decisions more rapidly. I like how flicking, like a flick feels like an attack. And in this game, I'm attacking mm -hmm. people. So I must admit, uh, since you've been talking about it, I realize that that actually feels pretty good to me. Yeah. Like I have dudes and I want to attack other dudes and it makes sense. Of course I would flick forward because that's where I'm going. I'm yep. going forward. Yep. And it makes it so much easier to um, make things happen. Basically, you're not having to worry about aiming up a perfect shot and, and you're not like taking time out to do that. You're spending whatever moments you are in the game flicking because that's what you need to do. Okay. So I really like the tower concept. Mm -hmm. Okay. So moving, moving up the tower. So yep. just quickly for, for people, obviously this is an audio podcast, but, and if you haven't played the game yet, of course you are going to have to play the game because it's fantastic. I would recommend that as well. Where do we find it? Well, we'll give the listeners some links at the end, but right now it's on Google play worldwide release. And I believe coming to iOS soon. Yep. Hopefully it'll be up by the time this podcast is up, but yeah, it should be available on iOS very soon. Fantastic. So look, just go out there, look for flick arrows, get it, get on it. Right. So getting back to the tower, so you're moving up, you're moving up mm -hmm. this tower and you're going up the tower and the stairs come in as you go to each level. Yep. So 
Why go with that instead of a map? So, again, we looked around at other RPGs in the space, uh, and we found that a lot of the levels inside of those were just either like randomly generated levels or they were like uninteresting levels. They were just placing a couple of dudes randomly in a level and saying, defeat them. And what we said was, well, we wanted to make a point of differentiating ourselves, right? We're a fast-paced action game, and a lot of the combat in games is just about numbers flying up and down. And we didn't want all of our enemies to be different types of colored attacks, which is fairly typical, right? You know, green attacks versus blue attacks. We wanted it to be the levels themselves were the big interesting part that would keep you wanting to see what's next. So all of the levels that we make in the game are handmade. We more or less spend a bit of time getting a system working that we can just add new levels and take away levels and keep iterating the individual levels. And we thought, well, that's the big draw about proceeding in this game is seeing what comes next and, and having cool levels where stuff works a bit weirdly and just letting that be an exciting moment in the game. So we, we thought, let's put that aspirational climbing and, and proceeding into the game itself with a really cool map screen. And rather than being like Candy Crush, which has a very static image that you sort of progress across, we wanted to go, no, let's make this world come to life by having a tower that you climb up. And that tower just keeps getting higher and higher and higher. And that was the core reason why we spent a bit of time making that map screen look really good. Yeah, I loved it way more than I thought I would because <laughs> it's just like, I, it's one more, one more. It's mm-hmm. the next challenge. It's yep. the next challenge. I rise into the sky. It's the next challenge, the next challenge. Like you said, without there being this sort of long map screen and like, yeah. I don't really know where I'm going mm-hmm. and that really excited me. And uh, a small little subtle game design point, um, when you're at a level, let's just say you're at level 10, the 11th door is still there, but with all of its like nice details turned off, so you can see it there. And we found that before we had that, the game was just, yeah, you climb up. But having that extra little bit of a door that you can sort of see around the horizon gives you just that little like mental thing to go, I'm going to work towards that tower. I'm going to keep working towards it. It's a small little thing, but those little things add up so much in game design. Yeah, no, I really liked it. And I like how every now and then a special level would have a special door in yeah. front of it. And it's just, it seems like it's so simple but it but it really it it meant something to me and also mm. it made it made it much easier when when I was looking going back down the tower and having a look at things like oh yeah that that's the level that did that yeah yeah okay so when I first started playing I was just flicking each hero at the nearest enemy each turn mm-hmm. but pretty soon I started losing yeah so then I started to uncover a lot of strategies that that lurked just below the surface mm-hmm. I'd get better damage by rebounding off one hero before hitting the enemies, or I'd get a lot more hits by positioning my heroes, so that like one flick would send either multiple heroes into the enemies, or I could launch my strongest hero with one of my weakest heroes. Yep. Why do the design like this? Like, why hide that sort of strategy and that and like? Yeah, yeah. Because you did hide it from me, right? Because because other other games would say. Do this to yeah. get this, yeah. Your so, attack is this, your attack is this, and your enemy's strength is that, and it's very it's very simple, right? Yeah. yeah. So for reference, as a little insider to the, the numbers behind the back end, there's a character in the game called the Ham Knight, and he's a big dude. And then there's a character called the Pyromage, who's a little dude with fire. The Ham Knight guy is eight times heavier than the Pyromage, which means that when you flick him into the enemy, then you'll see it go flying all the way around, and, and, and you'll see that big explosion of action. So uh, what we wanted to say was, there's this hidden strategy just below the depth that you can uncover. But there are actually some levels designed specifically to teach you that without words. There is a level, I believe it's level 12, but don't quote me on that. <laughs> but there is a level where the pyromage is actually blocking the way out. And the only way to get past it is to flick him first or flick the ham knight into him. And interestingly enough, it's very hard not to hit your dude into the other dude, first of all. So while you said it was hidden from you, yes, it was. 
but we just had little ways to show you that in the game that you might not be consciously aware of, but you might start to realize as you go along. And we tried to make it so that as much of the hidden little stuff has little clues that they'll teach you throughout the game. The, the first few levels of it are just a you know, pretty stock standard tutorial. Here's how the game works. Here's the things. But you can't really get away with just not it's, it's stating explicitly. But we wanted the game to be as little words as possible, as little, you know, have levels that would tutorialize a concept without having to explain it, right? Like there was a level with fire pits and... We didn't have ever explained what it would do, but we made a level so that you'd be guaranteed to knock an enemy into it to start with. So that, you you know, your first thought would be, oh, I'll see what happens when I knock him into that. You see what happens. And if you get your own dude knocked into it, you see it as well. So having levels that teach you in a more organic way, I think makes a more interesting experience because you've made that decision. You've learned that rather than the game teaching you that. You know, there's two things I want to say to you now. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, the first one, and then I'll, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about the, the uh, second one. That's how numbers work. <laughs> yeah, I should be a game designer, right? <laughs> so, firstly, on the tutorializing, I suppose I felt it a little bit, but I definitely saw it when I had to use the genie mm-hmm. to cut through some blockers yep. to get to an archer who was quite powerful mm-hmm. and start attacking that archer straight away. So, it was yep. like really in my face, like, okay, and this ability is really good. Oh, if I have to get to range attacks at the back. Mm-hmm. Right? So, that was really cool. And the fire pits... I really liked how you change stuff up by adding those environmental factors. Mm-hmm. This comes back to what I was saying earlier about having levels be the focus of why you want to progress. So there's actually far more individual level components than there are enemy types in the game. And that might be quite surprising considering that there's, there's a few enemies, but we found that enemies, while they're interesting, more variety in levels gives us more tools to make levels really exciting and interesting, whereas more enemies just kind of slightly changes the strategy. We can do a lot more with room elements and, and room variation than we can with new enemies. Oh, do, definitely. And that, those fire pits, I found myself, when, when you had them there, mm-hmm. I played defensively. Yep. Like, that's the first time I'd had to play defensively in the game. Like, you know what? It doesn't really matter how many of these enemies I hit. It's that I don't want to go in the fire pit. <laughs> yeah. <And laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, because it hurts so bad yep. that staying out of the fire pit becomes my, my main goal and my enemy's main goal. And we play defensive against one another because the attack is basically the environment is, is attacking us. Yep. And I, I really like that. I mean, it just made me like, what are you going to do next? Like, mm-hmm. what, are you, what are you going to throw at me next? Yep. So is that the concept there that you're trying to push the player to do different things and change the game for the player as they go through the different environments? Um, yeah. So my main philosophy with game design is to do as much as you can with as little as possible because in reality, you no- don't have infinite time to develop and there's you know a million things out there that you want to be doing and adding. So you, you try and add little little elements that change the game significantly so that you can have the most impactful game design possible. So a lot of the room elements, some of them are positive towards you, some of them are negative, some of them are neutral, some of them are just complexity. And and honestly, a lot of the time I spent making levels would be to try and just throw a bunch of elements together and see if it worked. And then throw out that level if it didn't. I would probably say I throw away twice as many levels as I made into the game, just because you just don't know what's going to work. So we would prototype quickly a new mechanic or a new idea, put it in the game, test it, and then go from there. And the ones that worked quite well and the ones that we had a lot of mileage out of, we you know doubled down on, put more of those in, made better art for them. And the ones that we didn't, we just could throw away without having to waste time developing it properly and getting it right and getting the art great. We can just try it, chuck it in the levels and, and get rid of it. You know, 
I really appreciated that because I know this game has characters and I know this game has abilities that you level up and mm-hmm. there's even equipment and everything that like yep. that. But for me, as someone who isn't that kind of that deep hardcore gamer, because <laughs> I'm just not into the games. Hey. Yeah. But 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 like like you said, it was a mobile experience. You want something that's more lightweight with mm. those heavy elements. And I feel like if you've made the environment of the game then anyone can play it mm-hmm. because now it becomes like I don't need to have this special knowledge about what equipment I need and what combination yep. that will decide whether or not I can do well at this game. It's that we're all going to play the same levels mm-hmm. and the levels are going to be the main decider. So that's sort of, it for me, it like le- levels the playing field to use a bad pun. Yeah, right? yeah. And we wanted to definitely have it so that when you get stuck in a level, because, you know, invariably you will probably get stuck in a level somewhere along the way. Maybe it's... You- didn't fully understand the the level. Maybe it's because there's some complexity to it to executing it. Maybe your party isn't right. That there would be several ways we can go about it. So we definitely never wanted to have a level where there was only one way to do it and you need to do that perfectly or else you fail. Because that ultimately creates a, a very uninteresting decision space, right? It's a... It's a puzzle game then. then. Exactly. It becomes a puzzle game where either you work it out and you get it right or you're stuck. And we want it to be that, you know, if you do get stuck in a level, you can always just level up your party. You can always sit there and, and, and focus on making your party stronger to get past those difficult levels. Uh, and also that it's not like frustratingly boring to get to the end of it. So we had a few levels early on that were just full of enemies, like lots and lots of enemies. And it would be, oh, it's just an absolute fiesta. You get to just knock everything around and it, it's great fun. And we found that those ones actually were one of the least interesting levels because it just became a bit tedious to mop it all up at the end. We wanted the game to be fast and straight to the point. So a- another little subtle decision was we saw that a lot of RPGs usually have this character moves, then this enemy moves, or this character moves and this enemy moves, or this character moves, all the enemies move, this character moves, all the enemies move. And it just slows the game down, right? Like we wanted to say, how are we going to make this game fast and fun? The player always starts first and all four characters move before any enemy does. And this has several advantages. One is that a player that's really strong can just blitz a level really quickly and fast. And, and if, you, if you do get like overpowered or you, you spend a lot of time training and you just want to blitz through the game, it's just a fun like roller coaster of just push through and it, it's, it's quick and fast and straight over. And also if you have a terrible start, like let's just say you flick everything wrong or you do something terrible or you're learning a new mechanic and you go, oh, of course, I understand now I made a mistake, that you can just hit restart and you get straight back into it. And that you can do a good first turn and then continue on. Or if you have a bad first turn, you can just restart and do that first turn again. And we wanted it to be that the player was spending as little time as possible not engaging with the game, right? Like every, every moment that you're in that game, you can do something. And when the enemy has their turn, we try and make it as quick as possible so that it's back to the player's turn as fast as possible. You know, you're right. I mean, I, I remember playing a couple of those levels in the beta with, with lots of enemies. And you're right. Yeah, it were, like mopping up was a grind. And I'm, mm-hmm. glad, <laughs> I'm glad you've, you've um, gone more towards the thing of like a more strategic... Mm-hmm. So look, obviously, Sam, I'm incredibly biased, but it doesn't matter because it is a great game. So everyone should just download it and they should play it so they can get it on Google Play and they can get it on iOS. Hopefully by the time this podcast goes up, if not, it's not far off. It's called Flick Heroes. What's next for you and the team? So we're going to spend a few months trying to get um, more features into the game, more levels, more elements, more enemies, more heroes, just, just more content. Um, and we would really absolutely love to hear from any 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 player that, that wants to talk about their experience because we want to make a game that everyone will enjoy. So always send us reviews, send us feedback. We'd love to um, help out wherever possible and we want to make this game better as possible. And then after that, we'll see how it goes and we'll start on our next game. Excellent. I cannot wait to see to see the new content, the new characters and all the, all the weapons, as well as just seeing what crazy concepts come up next. You know... 
people do podcasts for love and money. And at the moment, we're just doing this podcast for love. Help us do it for money. <laughs> Sam, stop laughing. This is serious business. This is business business. Business. So the way you can help us out is easy and you can do it for free. Just, just like the $0 price you paid for this podcast. So you can go like us and comment on YouTube. You, you can find us on SoundCloud. And most importantly, if you really want to show us your love, get on iTunes, rate and review us. We're not even asking for a good review. I'm Andrew Soul, and I'm <laughs> Why do you let him get away with that? Why wouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> As you know, we always finish this podcast with music. And this podcast episode is no different. And now we'll leave you with a track from Flick Heroes. I believe the name of the song is Horseplay. Thank you.